to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 5th of December as we are set to celebrate Populus Zion, or what is also known as the second Sunday in Advent, where today we'll hear about Christ's second Advent in Luke 21 and the parable of the fig tree. And our sermon text this morning will be from the epistle, Romans 15, 4-13, on why this scripture of Christ's second coming should give all Christians not fear, but hope. Yet, at the top of this podcast, we look first to our congregation at prayer and the Divine Service Catechesis at the top of that page. And we continue to look at the Divine Service, and within the Divine Service, the Office of the Word, and within the Office of the Word, what is called the Psalmody. Last week in the Psalmody of the Divine Service, we discussed the introit, which begins the entire Divine Service. Now, following the introit is the Kyrie, and the word Kyrie is simply Greek, meaning Lord, or O Lord. In ancient times, Kyrie would have been said to address perhaps a king who is passing by. People would yell Kyrie to beg for the king's mercy. Well, in the scriptures, Kyrie, or Lord, is the title for the Trinity and all the persons of the Trinity. It often is used to refer back to the divine name, Yahweh. So when you see the word Lord, it oftentimes is referring back to the divine name, Yahweh, in the Old Testament. Within the divine service, as we invoke the name of God and pray a psalm before him, we then call upon God for grace by saying, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. The congregation prays this knowing first that our Lord Jesus Christ is now before us. We are in the presence of God now. And second, that we stand before him as sinners, as beggars, needing his grace and mercy. And that's why we pray it three times. First, because we need grace from God the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. And second, the repetition emphasizes our need for this grace. And that is why we pray the Kyrie in the divine service. Now let's look toward our matin service and the hymn of invocation, Creator of the Stars of Night.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him.
say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. The Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and ye shall have gladness of heart. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock. Thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the Son of Man whom thou madest strong for thyself. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. The Old Testament lesson for this second Sunday in Advent is written in the fourth chapter of the book of the prophet Malachi, beginning at the first verse. For behold, the day comes, it burns as a furnace, and all the proud and all who work wickedness will be stubble, and the day that comes will burn them up, says the Lord of armies, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, Shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in its wings? You will go out and leap like calves of the stall. You shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I make, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded to him in Horeb for all Israel, even statutes and ordinances. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fifteenth chapter of Romans, beginning at the fourth verse. Brothers, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through perseverance and through encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Now the God of perseverance and of encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another even as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. Now I say that Christ has been made a servant of the circumcision for the truth of God, that he might confirm the promises given to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Again, he says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. Again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples praise him. Again, Isaiah says, There will be the root of Jesse, he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles will hope. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. 
Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come, and shall not keep silence. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Alleluia! The powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Alleluia! The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on the earth anxiety of nations in perplexity, for the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting for fear, and for expectation of the things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. He told them a parable. See the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see it and know by your own selves that the summer is already near. Even so, you also, when you see these things happening, know that God's kingdom is near. Amen. I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things are accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So be careful, or your hearts will be loaded down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day will come on you suddenly, for it will come like a snare on all those who dwell on the surface of all the earth. Therefore, be watchful all the time, praying that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will happen and to stand before the Son of Man. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord says of his second advent, his second coming, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity, because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken." What our Lord describes here is an incredibly frightening image. Luke, along with the other Gospels, describe it with terrifying detail, that when the Christ returns, it will be as quick as lightning flashing in the sky, with the Son of Man returning in the sign. In that moment, the sun will no longer shine, and the moon will no longer give its light. The stars will drop from the heavens, as the sky will actually fall. The earth will quake violently, 
The angel will blow the trumpet at unheard of before deafening sounds, all as the sea is roaring and the waves are crashing. Everyone will be overwhelmed because there's no way our senses can take all of this in. Think of it, before our eyes will be the implosion of the sun, under our feet will be the destruction of the earth and the seas, in our nose and mouths will be the taste of the destruction of all creation, in our ears will be the fullness of the angel's trumpet mixed with the mourning and wailing of nations all over the globe. Not since the flood will there have been such wailing. Not since the flood will there have been such destruction. And the destruction of our Lord's second coming will be far, far greater. So deep in despair will the nations be at this destruction, that they'll beg for the mountains to crush and fall on them, and for the mountains to cover and eat them up. So great will all this be, that even the heavens will shake and the angels of God will quiver at the sight of it all. No scene of war on earth, however grueling, will be able to compare to this sight. And if you read this in Isaiah and the Psalms, it's as if the gates of creation, creation itself, are being thrown open and ripped off their hinges so the Son of Man may enter into his final advent. It is a frightful, terrifying image to meditate upon. And if we're honest, it makes our sinful flesh tremble and perhaps makes us question in our flesh if we even want to see the day, if we're ready for it. But these are the texts on which the church has us meditate on today. And perhaps even more absurd to our ears as we hear about this frightening image is that the church even guides us to pray from these texts Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray in the church for this day to come, and not only for it to come, but to come quickly. And why do we pray this? Why would we pray for this terrible day to come? To understand the answer, we must look back at how our Lord came back to us in the first advent and how he comes to us in his constant advent in the sacrament. And how Christ comes to us is what St. Paul addresses in verse 8 of our epistle reading when he says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. In his first advent, Christ came to the Jews first, not in glory, but in humility to be their servant. And why? As Paul says, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. He came to show that the hope of the faithful Jews was not in vain, that their faith was not mistaken. That's what their scriptures were preparing them for, the coming of their Messiah as long promised, the promise that they had waited on since the time of the fall, the promise to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob and to David in the millennia, the thousands of years that preceded the time that Christ came. The coming of their Messiah, which Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all the prophets preached about in the centuries before. 
Through our Lord's life and ministry, by his being prophet, priest, and king, he fulfilled all of God's promises in the Old Testament for which the saints of old had desperately waited. And more than that, by his death on the cross and pouring out of his blood, our Lord sealed the promises of the Old Testament in his flesh and blood, sealed those saints in those promises by his flesh and blood. So the promises of the forgiveness of sins, of eternal life, of the hope of the ancients, were sealed when our Lord breathed his last, poured out his blood, and was three days later risen again. Our Lord came to secure the promises of the patriarchs with his life and death and to seal those promises with his blood, which shows the Jews that the Old Testament in Christ is their book of hope, their hope which was not in vain. But St. Paul doesn't stop there. There's more to understand about our Lord's first advent than just the fulfillment and sealing of those promises. As St. Paul says in verses 9 to 12 of our epistle, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles will hope. In his first advent, Christ came to the Jews first so that he could then go to the Gentiles. He came not in glory, but in humility to the Jews to be their servant so that he could also fulfill the promises to the Gentiles and spread his rule among them. Look at the Gentile promises, which Paul sputters off here in rapid order. He says, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. That's what happened to our pagan ancestors, or atheistic or agnostic ancestors. By the death and resurrection of Christ, our ancestors were turned from the religions of demons to Christ, praising him throughout their nations and singing the name of this Jew in the Gentile nations. Because by his death and resurrection, our Lord has thrown open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Now, at least in the West, look at the unbelieving culture around us. Look at how militant and hateful it can become as it attacks the church. Now imagine the miracle it would take to bring those from this unbelieving culture to Christ. And then you must realize that is the miracle which happened through the gospel from the cross to our ancestors. That is the faith which has been handed down to us which turned around our ancestors to Christ and turns us to Christ. That we Gentiles sing the name of our Lord, that we rejoice with the people of God and extol our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the promise which Christ fulfilled with his life and death on the cross. And then we must realize that our Lord did this not just through his first advent, not just by his life and death on the cross, although that's how heaven was flung open to us. But our Lord did this and continues to fulfill these promises 
with his constant coming, his constant advent in the word and sacraments. The root of Jesse comes to us, arises to rule us here at this pulpit with his word and here at this altar with his flesh and blood. He arises to rule us, both believing Jews and Gentiles, with his constant coming in his flesh and blood at the altar, at every altar of his the world over. In him we believers, Jew and Gentile alike, in him we hope. To his body and blood at this altar, our Lord continues to bring pagan Gentiles to the faith, to believe his name and exalt him as he gives them his body and blood at the altar, as he at this altar seals his promises to the Gentiles in his blood, which he has us drink. Our Lord came to secure the promises of the patriarchs and of the Gentiles. By securing and sealing those promises to us, with his flesh and blood on the cross, and as he gives them to us at the altar. Which shows the Old Testament is not just a book of hope to the Jews, but in Christ. It is also a book of hope to us Gentiles. So then, going back, remember the words our Lord spoke about his second advent, his final advent on the last day. As we hear and meditate on the words of our Lord describing his frightful and terrifying return in his second advent. Here, in this epistle, St. Paul is reminding us of why Christ came in his first advent in the Incarnation and in his constant advent at our altar. He comes to fulfill and seal the promises of the patriarchs by his Incarnation, death, and resurrection, and... He comes to fulfill and seal the promises of the Gentiles by his constant coming to us in his flesh and blood at the altar. This is why St. Paul says to Jew and Gentile alike of the Old Testament back in verse 4, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, our catechesis, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Then in verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So then, as we meditate on Christ's second advent, should we tremble at the thought of what that last day brings? Well, here St. Paul tells us to look to the scriptures for our instruction, our catechesis, for patience, endurance, long-suffering, and encouragement, so that we may have hope as we wait for the last day and have hope when that last day arrives. The Old Testament is a message of hope that led the patriarchs to cry out, Come quickly, Lord! Look at the lives of Adam, Seth, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Ezra, all the way down to Nehemiah. Look at those lives, and you will see lives that were far from perfect. You will see lives which the Lord still brought to faith. You will see lives that went through immense trials and persecution 
and that waited longingly for our Lord's first advent. And in the Gospels, you will find that their hope was not in vain, that their Lord came in the flesh and blood just as he promised and fulfilled the promises to them with his death and resurrection, that he sealed their their salvation in the New Testament in his blood. The Old and the New Testaments are messages of hope that has led the church to cry out, Come quickly, Lord Jesus! Look at the lives of the saints in the church since Pentecost. Look at the lives of the apostles of Gentiles in the scriptures, such as Cornelius and the Ethiopian eunuch. Look at the lives of, in church history, Ignatius, Justin Martyr, Polycarp, Arrhenius, Athanasius, and St. Nicholas, Ambrose, Augustine, John of Damascus, Luther, Chemnitz, Walther. Look at all those lives and you will see lives that were far from perfect. You will see lives that the Lord still brought to faith from unbelief or paganism. You will see lives that went through immense trials and persecutions and that waited longingly for our Lord's constant coming to them through their doubts and fears. In the word and the sacrament, you will find that their hope was not in vain, that the Lord began to seal them in baptism and sealed them in firmly within his word and his salvation by coming to them always in his flesh and blood at the altar, just as he promised and continues to promise, bringing his death and resurrection to them at the altar, sealing their salvation in the New Testament in his blood that they drink from the cup. The scriptures are the gospel of hope that leads us today to cry out, Come quickly, Lord Jesus! Look at our lives, the lives of us baptized today. From Jerusalem to Spencer to all across the globe, look at the lives of the baptized. And what you will see are lives that are far from perfect, for we are sinners as all those before us. You will see lives that the Lord brought from the darkness of unbelief to faith. You will see lives going through immense trials and persecution while knowing we are not worthy on our own to stand before the Lord on the day he returns. And yet, knowing the Old Testament patriarchs were not worthy on their own, knowing those in church history weren't worthy on their own, knowing that we're not worthy to stand before Christ on our own, we still cry out in prayer, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And why do we do that? Because we saw how our Lord came in his first advent, as Paul shows us. Our Lord came to save us. Because we see how our Lord comes in his constant advent at the altar to bring us salvation in his body and blood. Because from our Lord's first advent, from his constant advent, we know how our Lord will come in his final advent to save us. When our Lord returns, as the nations mourn and weep and men faint, notice what our Lord tells his baptized to do. He says, Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Notice he doesn't tell his baptized that they will mourn or weep. He doesn't tell his baptized that they will faint with fear. Instead, 
just as you do at the rail before the altar, on the last day, when our Lord's flesh and blood comes to you, you the baptized in hope, the hope provided by the scriptures, will straighten up and raise your heads to receive your redemption. That's what you do here at the rail. You lift up your heads to partake of his body and blood. In his second advent, you'll do the same. You'll raise your head as you are being resurrected in his flesh and blood. We cry out for that day, the day when our Lord returns. Because as awful as that day will be for the world, it will be infinitely more joyous for us who are baptized and sealed in him. Because we know as we are ready to receive him in the constant advent at the altar, we are also ready to receive him in his final advent on that day. But until then, until that last day, our Lord says to stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. How are we to stay awake? St. Paul tells us. Whatever was written in former days was written for our catechesis, for endurance and patience and encouragement. Patience and encouragement from the scriptures so that we may live in harmony with one another in accord with Christ, that we may with one voice glorify the God and Father of Christ. In other words, we remain awake together as one in Christ. As the scriptures prepare us, the saints, together in the church with patience and encouragement for our Lord's coming here at the altar and in his coming in his final return. And through the scriptures and the sacrament, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you as the church may, as we all await for a second advent, abound in the hope of his return. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom shall he reign from henceforth even forever. Alleluia. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, 
to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Upon the throne of David, and over his kingdom, shall he reign from henceforth, even forever. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, so that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. 
All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, Show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, Support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also, from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen.
Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.
Thank you to everyone who joined us for this Matins podcast, and we pray that the time spent in devotion with this podcast was a blessing to you. And you are invited to again join us this Wednesday for our midweek Advent Vesper service as we continue our series on marriage as we focus on husbands. That'll be Wednesday about 6.30. And then you're also invited to join us again next Sunday for the third Sunday in Advent, or as many know it as Gade or Rejoice Sunday, the Sunday of John in prison. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off. Thank you.